It is an honor to be here with y'all, and um, I surely, surely do appreciate it. Thank y'all for, um, you know, taking us on. And uh, But if you got your Bibles, we'll get into the book of John tonight. Now, preacher, am I gonna make it, can I get you to read some scripture for me, if you don't mind? So, I'm not good at quoting, like, verses and verses and verses. <laughs> so, but John chapter 16 this evening. John 16. John 16, verses 1 through 6 tonight. John 16, 1 through 6. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you for being good to us. Lord, you sure are faithful to us, Lord, and I pray, God, that you help us tonight. Lord, thank you for the opportunity. Lord, thank you for this church. Lord, thank you for your pastor here. Lord, I pray that you continue to do a work here. Lord, I pray that you um, speak to the hearts of your people tonight. Lord, I pray that you use me. Lord, I pray that you speak through me, Lord. I pray that you guard my mind, Lord. Help me, Lord, not say anything, Lord, to bring uh, harm or cause to the cause of Christ. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you um, guard my mind, Lord, that things don't pop up, Lord, while I'm preaching, Lord, that will even um, uh, affect me, Lord. And I pray, God, that you, um, you speak through me. Lord, help me say nothing, Lord, that um, will be, again, harmful. Help me say everything that, will, Lord, will glorify you. Lord, thank you again for your faithfulness, Lord. Pray again for your will tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We have uh, been going through the book of John at our church since um, we started there. Um, I'm a very slow preacher, slow paced. Uh, I'm in chapter 17, three years, three years. And um, I am in chapter 18 of the book of Acts, and I've been starting with that since I've been there three years. And um, I, it, yes, sir. Uh, this is my thought. I've got nowhere to go. I'm not, I'm homeless. I mean, so I want y'all to know I'm homeless. Our youngest son lives in the house that we used to live in, and our oldest son lives in my parents' um, old vacation home, and I'm not living with them nor my parents, or my mom. My dad's passed away, so we're homeless. And I told the church, you ever get rid of us, we're just going to put a tent up on the other side of the road, and we're just going to stay here because we got nowhere to go. And um, so that's why I don't, I don't, I'm in no hurry when, when, I, when I'm going through a book in the Bible. Uh, I, I love the Bible. I really do. And so I'm up. So we got to chapter 17. Um, but some really interesting things um, when you get into these, uh, I guess you can say chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Uh, I'll kind of just catch you up. Um, I'm sure your pastor's probably... Uh, way y'all laughing, y'all might be in the book of John. I'm not, are you, I hope y'all not there, preacher, but um, uh, yeah, okay. But in chapter 13, that's where they go to the upper room. He washes the disciples' feet. Uh, he excuses uh, Judas. And um, really interesting that um, he told him to leave because I, he, he just wants this last night with his disciples. And I always want our church to understand this. I want to make sure you understand this. Anytime God gets you along with Him, it is a good thing. Ever what the situation or the circumstances are, it, it is a good thing. And that's what God does to me. He will, uh, there'll be times, not often, but he, he will have me where I am to myself. And I, I do not like that. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I don't like it. But He'll do that so He can do a work in my heart. So when he, he, maybe he removes some either people or some things 
from your life. Don't be uh, affected by it. Just understand God is doing a work in your heart. And so he starts this night and he starts speaking to them. And he starts instructing them. But really, he's loving on them. And I want you to understand that as well, that when God gets you alone, he's trying to help you and he's loving on you at the same time. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. And so as he's doing this, we, that's where we have chapter, at the end of chapter 13, we have chapter 14, then we get into chapter 15, I am the vine, you're the branch, and that, that's where they had left the upper room, and there was, I was reading after a couple of people, mainly it's just Albert Barnes and Matthew Henry, it's about the ones I can find on the internet that, is, um, that I can read that I kind of like, I don't like many of them, but, you know, I read after them, and he was, one of them has explained that there was possibilities of why that he was using the illustration of the vine. And, but when you get into the end of chapter 15, he, he mentions that all of these things are new to them. And then you get into beginning of chapter 16, and now he's telling them that they're going to kill me, but, that, but he, really, he really helps them here. They're going to kill you too. <laughs> now that's some encouraging words right in there. I'm sure everybody... I'm just going to say this real quick. That blows out health, wealth, and prosperity in a heartbeat. That when you, that your disciples are, they're going to kill you. Yeah, sowing your, seven, your 70 seeds of, I guess, death or something. I don't know, but they're crazy. All these people, they got glasses and they tell you buy their prayer cloths. No, I, I could just preach for a while on them. Go lay it on your banking account, then you quit asking me for money. You know, your, car, your cloth would do it for you, but... The disciples here, and I know as far as nighttime, you know, physically it's dark, but really spiritually they're in a dark place right now. The God that they know of the Old Testament said that I'll never leave thee, nor he is now saying I'm leaving. How can you really understand that, 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 that the God that you've been following for the last three and a half years that said that he'd never leave you, was fixing to leave. But he, he's, I know it sounds confusing, he's leaving, but he's really not leaving them. He's giving them the Holy Spirit of God, and that's where you and I are at today, but they don't understand that. They're trying to, to get that. And so I'm going to give you three things in these verses, but I'm going to just kind of park at the last one. Uh, he, he really wants them to be devoted in, in verses 1 through 4. And what I mean by devoted, uh, to be told that you're going to lose your life for being a follower of Jesus Christ, that that requires some devotion on you. Uh, I know most people, and I'm just just telling you where I'm at, uh, they run over the the craziest things. Uh, They quit God because of really just some just far-fetched, petty things. But here the disciples are, they're being told, you're going to die. You're going to get, they're going to not just take my life, but they're going to take your life. He's wanting them to be even more devoted to what they've realized that they've ever been. Everything of their life is changing. I want, I want to try to explain this to you. They've not walked by faith. They've only walked by sight. Because where, where Jesus went, they went. If Jesus stopped, they stopped. Every miracle that he performed, they was able to watch every one of these things. But now that everything is fixing to change, what they do now is not by sight, but it's only by faith. 
I, I, I got to go deer hunting last year. True story, I'm not making it up. I got to go deer hunting. And I went out to um, White River deer hunting. A lady from our church, her, her brother works for Game Fishing Park. He, he takes kids hunting. He'll take their mom, the moms hunting so he can teach them how to, you know, gun safety and all that. And I, I've, I've went on a disability hunt in North Carolina, but um, I shot Bambi and Bambi's brother. And um, so I, I, wanted a, I wanted a man deer, if y'all know what I'm talking about. And so when I met him and I said, um, how would you like to do this? He was up for the challenge. And so we got to go last year. And um, just kind of a side story, I, I preached his brother's funeral last year in September. Then uh, his brother um, drowned in the river. On, he went missing on September the 1st, and his mom passed away on September the 26th. I preached both their funerals. So, God, you know, God's just really opened up a lot of doors. And, and so we became um, not just uh, friends, but we really became almost like family with them. And um, somebody asked me, how'd you shoot your deer? And I said, well, it was not by sight. That's all I can tell you. Uh, we used a Tacticom cam, and it fed to his iPhone, and so we went practicing. So I sit in the chair, and it could swivel left and right, and I could shoulder it up and down. So if he said over left two inches, uh, do y'all think I went right? No, I want to get me a deer. Don't y'all understand that? If he said, I want you to go um, uh, down one inch, listen to me, I didn't go up, I went down. If he said, I want you to pressure right, listen to me, that's what I did. Every bit of it was by faith. I couldn't see anything that was going on. I didn't really know what was coming about. I didn't, listen, and I know it sounds foolish, I didn't see the deer coming. I didn't see the deer out there. I didn't even see him there. I just heard, I heard him speaking. I heard him saying, this is what I want you to do. And I did that. I shot me a five by six at 260 yards away with three brow times, 250 pounds. He's going to be hanging on my wall hopefully next year. I want you to grasp this. You can do so much more if you walk by faith, not by sight. You can do so much more if you was dedicated to God and, and what his leadership is to you, the same as the disciples. They, they, they only understood to walk with him if they could see him, but he wanted them to understand, no, you can do so much more when it is by faith. You can do so much more if you're dedicated to me and you're trusting the spirit of God that I'm going to be giving you. I'll tell you, you can do the exact same thing, you, but you got to dedicate your life. Their, their fear was dying. What is yours this evening? It, it's not death. Uh, listen, I mean, no, none of us have anybody here with a gun held to our head saying, if you, if you even say the name of Christ, I'm going to take your life. None of us are in that shoes. But yet we, we, we struggle, we stumble. And that's really what that word offended means. He said, I don't want you to stumble. I don't want you to fall. There's things that are fixing to come about in your walk. And I need you to be so dedicated to me that when you see my life gone, when you see them crucify me, when they take me down and they put me in the, in, um, the grave, I want you to know you're going to do more than you've ever done before. But you got to be dedicated to me. I'm going to tell you, uh, taking church lightly, taking serving God lightly, I'm going to tell you, you'll do very light things for God. When, when you sell out to God, 
When I, when I was in Honduras, um, we went into this one uh, church building. It's like concrete floors, block walls, and a tin roof. And that's it. Um, no more, no less. And that's, that's if you're doing really good. The other church we went to was concrete floor, tin roof, back wall was all the way up. Halfway up was halfway, halfway out was halfway up. And when it came up rain, everybody moved to the center of the building. And when we walked in that building, first time I've been in this building, it was Brother Arnold was the pastor, he's a Honduran. And uh, we walked in, I'll tell you, God spoke to me that night. And uh, I, they sat me down and I was sitting there and I was like, God, please get, let me get somewhere so I can get along with you. And somebody come up, hey, all the guys are going to go over there and pray. You want to go? I said, I'm, I'm needing to. And I remember I getting in the corner over there on this concrete floor and little concrete wall there. And I told God then, I'll, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. If you want me in Honduras, if you want me in Pickle Lake, Canada, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. Pickle Lake, Canada's a true place north of, way north, up above Minnesota area. But then God did a work in my heart when I was at Walters Grove one night. And preacher, I got in the altar and I said, I'll stay right here if you want me to. And I, I said, if, if you don't want me to go nowhere and you want me to teach this Sunday school class until I take my last breath, I just want you to know I'm, gonna do, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. It's not, I, I want you to know I'm willing to go, but I want you to know I'm willing to stay. And when I did that... That's when God started working in my life. Listen, it requires dedication. And that's what he wanted the disciples to understand. You got to be dedicated to his will. Whatever his will is for your life, you got to be dedicated to his work. Whatever it is he's wanting you to do, you do that. And it's just like the deer hunting. Don't, don't try to do it on what you think and what you see. You do it by faith. You do it by whatever God is saying. When the, when the, when the Spirit of God is speaking to you and he is drawing you and he is maybe leading you, this is the direction you need to go. Listen to me. Talk to your pastor. Talk to the Lord and get them get just get the show on the road and get going but that's what he's wanted his disciples to understand verse the beginning of verse 5 will be really quick it's he spoke of his departure here and he's saying now's the time and now you know in chapter 2 he said uh, you know when he's speaking to Mary he said woman well I love him there it's, you know woman why are you bothering me this what are you bothering me for this about it's, it ain't it ain't time yet my hour is not of hand. And then closer you get, my hour is now of hand. And he's speaking his departure. He, he, he's talking about going and dying for them. Dying for the sins of the world. And he speaks his departure. But you get to the end of verse 5 and verse 6. And he, he's talking to them. And he gets real serious with them in verse 5. And I want you to grasp this. He said, you haven't even asked me where I'm going. I told you that I'm going. I've walked with you for three and a half years. I have fed you. I have done everything. You've seen me feed the multitudes. When you had doubt, when you was in the ship and you thought the ship was sinking, I walked on the water. I calmed the storms. I've done everything for you. And now that I've told you I'm going to leave, you haven't even asked me where I'm going. It was really as if they did not care. But I'll tell you, their problem is the same problem that I deal with. And that is that they're distracted. 
They're, they're distracted over several things. I'm, I'm going to try to help us. Tonight. They're distracted over the fact that they just got told that you're going to die. And I'll be honest, I have been distracted over le- way less things than that. I have been distracted over a bill. Not my life, but listen to me, a bill. I have been distracted over because somebody maybe at the church didn't show up for a couple of weeks. Not the fact that Jesus said he was fixing to leave like the disciples had. It was because somebody didn't show up. It was because somebody, just, I mean, it's like if I share my heart, somebody maybe got cold on God. That distracted my walk. Is it like to say these things? I mean, I hope I'm not the only one that gets distracted tonight. And I'll get so distracted by things. And that and let me just, I'm going to try to worry. I hope y'all can understand this. How many of y'all ever got to church and when you left church, you was like, what did he say? <laughs> have, have you, just think, what you think about something? God was speaking. And you're so distracted over maybe family problems, work problems, health problems, bills. Maybe you got told you lost your job. Maybe it was, maybe you got a prodigal. Maybe it's some things in your home's going a little bit sour. And you come to the house of God and God is wanting to help you. God is trying to speak to your heart and you're so distracted when he got through speaking. It was like the Lord said, "Um, did you even hear what I said? I'm going to be honest, I've done that when I got through preaching. I was like, did I just finish? I mean, you know, I'm thinking, Lord, what did I even say, preacher? I got thinking like that. I mean, because we get so distracted. I'm going to give you where my heart was at. I got studying this a little bit. The, the, the thought of the, the, these, these disciples here, reading the Old Testament, knowing what the Old Testament said, and the king is going to come, and he's going to come on riding on a horse, and, and you're going to go out triumphantly. You know, Jesus is going to go out triumphantly. And he's telling them, I'm going to go, but you can't go with me. And where I'm going to go, you can't go. But I'm going to come back later and get you. Do you know that messed up all their plans? Do you know that messed up everything that they thought? Y'all, y'all know it. I, I am guilty of this, and I hope I'm not the only one. I will, I will have everything mapped out, planned out, figured out, and, know what, and I can tell you to a T what I think is fixing to happen. Not a thing of that ever happens. And I think I'll already figure out, okay, this is the way it's going to happen at the church. This is the way the service is going to go. This is the way the singing is going to go. And when we get to the end of the day, I'm thinking, Lord, it didn't never happen the way I thought it was going to happen. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. Our lives can be like that. Our, 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 your family can be like that. Preacher, our churches get like that. And we can get so distracted because nothing is really turning out the way we think it's supposed to turn out. And then we don't even really hear what God is saying anymore. And that's where the disciples are. They're they're distracted because the Lord is telling them, you're going to die too. And and listen, man, before before we beat them up, I'm going to be honest, that'd be a major distraction in my life. I hope it would, but let's just, let's just be honest tonight. If you're not dead yet, there's a problem. I'm talking about you dying to you. 
And see, that, that's a problem that we have every one of us in here, that, that we're struggling over the fact of death because I, I want my will. I want things to be, I, I want it to line up the way I want it to line up. I, I want the problems, you know, gone. Um, I called it, when I was a young preacher, I called it helicopter religion. Or, or maybe some, maybe it was skydive or something or where they just fly from mountaintop to mountaintop to, you know, nobody wants to go through a valley. Nobody in here, let's just be honest, nobody wants problems in here. Nobody wants troubles in here. Everybody in here, you, you want the marriage that's going to be the, the Cinderella story. You want the children, that's got, all of them's going to be missionaries to somewheres. And, and then they wind up, they turn out like us and, you know, they turn out like me and, and it's just by the grace of God that I thank God that our kids are even in church. And, and listen to me, we, we, we got to get away from the fact that we want to figure out how God is going to do it. And just let God do it and let's just trust him. And that's where the disciples are here. And that, that's really where most of my distraction comes from. Is that I think this is the way it ought to be. I think my life ought to be like this. Remember, I told you I was going to be at the beach. Thank God American Creek Park has a beach out there on the river because that's the only beach I have. <laughs> but he, he put me, listen to me, he put me in South Dakota. And I, I, want, I want y'all to understand something. There's no other place I'd rather be. I don't care. Do I love the ocean? Listen to me. I, I want you to really understand this is, tr- this is truth here. 70 miles an hour wind in the Missouri River is like an ocean. I can go out there and just sit down in this wave after wave after wave. And listen, I don't have to see it. I just listen to it. But that's, see, that's what God can do. And, and see, when, when you want it done your way, you're not trusting God. And when the disciples wanted everything to turn out the way they wanted it to turn out, they was never going to trust God. And this is where, I'll, I guess this is where my heart's at. How could they ever do the things that they never thought that they could ever do if they didn't go to through the things that they're about to go through? There, there's, there's multiple times I have learned in my own personal life, I, I will face things that, I'm going to be honest with you, I can't stand. I hope it's like say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just be blunt. Being told you're going to go blind is not the, like the greatest thing you can ever find out in your life. But when you find out that God can do great things through you, you, you got to understand that. I, I had, a, had a good friend, he's in a wheelchair, and I asked him, I said, does it ever bother you? And he, he told me, I'm not going to call his name just because of ministry issues. He said that, Nobody cares about, and he called his name, he said, but that little man in the buggy, he gets, he gets open doors all the time. He said, let God use what he's giving you. And, and the, the, that, that which I think is an issue is an open door. That that I think is a major distraction in my life that, that at times does distract me, that, that at times does 
make my heart kind of just get a little cold at times. Those things are the doors that God has given me that he is trying to do something through my life. Same as the disciples. For them to really understand what they're about to do on the other side of Calvary, they've got to go through Calvary. They've got to go through the persecution. They've got to watch Jesus being persecuted. They're going to have to watch him being crucified. They had to watch Judas being dismissed. And now they're going to watch him die. They're going to watch him bury, they watch them bury him. But then he's going to come up. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, when that happens, that their life changed completely. And he kept telling them, you don't understand it now, but you're soon going to understand it. And it's the same thing in my life. It's the same thing in your life. Those things that are distracting you right now, you don't understand what God's doing. But if you had no preacher help me years ago, he said it'll either make you better or it'll make you bitter. But it's going to do one of them. Listen to me. Those, that this in your life tonight. And every, listen to me. Every one of us has it, so I'm not going to exclude nobody. That this in your life tonight that is distracting you might be become one of the greatest blessings of your life, that God's going to do something through your life because of that. And don't, don't let that which is distracting you keep you from hearing from God because that's what happened to the disciples here. You can get down, you can skip down even verse 12 and 13 about the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to guide them. Listen to me, you, you don't have to see an end to it. You don't have to see a way through it. If you can see a way through it, that ain't faith. If you can see an end to it, that's not faith. It's when you can't understand it, but you just say, God, I'm just going to trust you, and you walk through it. And that distraction, listen to me, it becomes an open door that you get to share the gospel to many people. Because, think about this, and I'm going to be done. He already told him. he said, you're going to do more than you've ever done. And the only way that could ever happen for him to be crucified. The only way that would ever happen was for the Holy Spirit. The only way that could ever happen was for the persecution to come. And that which distracted them, we actually opened up a door for them to do the things that, that he spoke of. You'll do greater things than you've ever done. And I'll tell you, that's what distractions, if you take the distraction that hinders you where you can't hear from God, listen to me, you're hurting yourself there. Same as disciples. These distractions that hindered them wind up becoming an open door to share the gospel to the whole world. I'll tell you, it's, it's in your life. Every one of you here, you're, you're distracted tonight by something. Every one of you. Listen, the disciples had one thing that you and I have the exact same thing, and that's a choice. What are you going to do with the distractions tonight? What are you going to do with what God's placed in your life? Listen to me, God, God can do, I believe this wholeheartedly, God can do something with your life that is beyond what you could ever imagine if you allow those distractions to no longer be a distraction that you can't hear from God, but be something that you can use to glorify God. So we're going to pray and then preach on eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, I pray God that you... You do a work tonight, Lord. I pray that you, you speak to the heart of your people. Lord, I pray that you, you be with those that need to respond to you, Lord. Those that, that maybe somebody here that doesn't know you, Lord. I pray that you save them, Lord. Those that some, battling some hard, deep things, God, I pray that you help them through it. In Jesus' name, amen.